podcast with your host Noel Connor Nolan. Follow on Twitter at CMeds11 for picks, podcast drops, um, covering week one recap. Then we'll dive into some Saturday night games or Saturday day and night games. Uh, you know, recap in this past week one. A couple tough ones this week with Friday night Illinois, then Saturday Utah, Arkansas under, and that NC State. Um, all losses. Ended up winning some late ads, Air Force and uh, Arizona, and won the late night under for Oregon State versus Boise State. Uh, overall, 5-5, five and five, currently down 2.4 units. Try to get that back up for you guys. But, uh, oh, and okay, huge victory by your Scarlet Knights over here in Piscataway. But the loss, I mean, they did play in Chestnut Hill in BC, but, hey, I'm sure Piscataway was going nuts for that big win, but... Uh, the losses were tough ones, but I do think I am getting right reads on these games, and that's the most important thing. Illinois dominated and controlled that entire game versus Indiana, and NC State just decided to score 21 points in the first half and then didn't score a single point in the second half or a 21-7 going into that halftime. Utah decides to throw a pick late in the end zone, but that game could have gone either way, I thought. Arkansas had a total of 14 points in the first half, so Under was looking fucking great, and then just decided to blow it in the second half. Um, but, you know, oh, that'll happen. And as long as we're reading these games correctly and it's not the other way, I could live with that. I mean, losses will happen, and then the wins will come. Before I dive into the recap, what a win by this Rutgers football team behind Greg Schiano. Go into Chestnut Hill, Boston College, who has a lot of talent, I think, and put out great defensive performance. Boston College could not run the damn ball. 29 total rushing yards. I mean, they legit could not do anything in the run game. Jerkovic looked decent, but you could see he was frustrated with pressure and couldn't keep his eyes downfield. Now, on offense, Rutgers needs to improve at this quarterback position. I can't keep seeing three goddamn quarterbacks in a football game. Stick with one and let's ride. Whether it's Wimsat or Simon, pick one and go. I mean, the first drive of the game, they ran out three different quarterbacks for three plays, and it was a three and out. I mean, that shit ain't working on teams in the Big Ten, good ones at least. The running game is where they took over and ultimately won this game, rushed for a total of 212 yards and the big run from Al-Shadish Salam for a 22-yard touchdown to take the lead late. This team is now looking ahead to Wagner and Temple to try and go three and out. I'll tell you what, that'd be awesome. Um, you know, on to this Illinois game from uh, last week. If you watched this game, you would have been pulling your hair out with all the turnovers and uh, turnover on downs. I mean, there was one point where the ball was in Indiana's half of the field for almost the entire game, and then the last drive of the game, Indiana goes down, 
and scores to win the game. Can't make this shit up with Belema not Belema not kicking field goals and then interceptions and fumbles galore. I mean, Chase Brown rushed for 199 yards for Illinois, was running all over this team, but just couldn't close this one out, unfortunately. And like I said, that's the way it goes sometimes. NC State decides to take a 21-7 lead in the first half, pretty much shutting the East Carolina team down completely offensively, but then doesn't score a single point in the second half. I mean, I don't know what the fuck happened with this. It's a huge red flag. I don't know what Leary was doing. I mean, not a single point in the second half. I don't know if they got complacent. I don't get it. But And in the end, they end up winning on a missed extra point from East Carolina and then a missed field goal opportunity that ended the game. I mean, you can't make this shit up, honestly. Um, and it's going to happen. You're going to have bad beats, like I said. Um, I wish they would have just lost the game, to be honest. But we'll keep our eyes on NC State because I do think they have potential. Maybe they just had a bad half. We'll see. But uh, couldn't hit the Arkansas under either. Was looking great in the first half. Literally seven points total. And then with 17 seconds left in the first half, Arkansas scores another touchdown. So, whatever, 14 points total going into the second half. Under looking good. Then in the third quarter, total of 27 points were scored in the third quarter. And then, you know, my anxiety starts to set in. Then 14 points in the fourth brings a total of 55. Lose by a point and a half. Just a few bad beats. But, again, part of the business, and it will happen. Um, Utah went into Gainesville, Florida, and what a game this was. Unfortunately, I was at a wedding. I couldn't. I was watching some of it on my phone, going back and forth, but uh, I knew Utah was going to have some trouble with Richardson, this rushing attack from uh, Florida. So line, Utah's linebacking, linebacking crew was uh, still a little new. I had a few guys uh, leave last year, from last year, so. but Florida just had too many quarterback power read option plays, getting too many yards. I mean, Florida rushed for almost 300 yards and still almost lost. Utah did have the ball late with under 20 seconds in the red zone, but rising through an interception in the end zone that ultimately ended it. Uh, could have settled for the field goal and brought it to OT, but throws the pick and loses the game. I mean, this Florida defense actually surprised me. They held Thomas uh, running back for uh, Utah at bay and didn't let it get out of control for Utah rushing-wise, which was huge. I mean, that's pretty much why they won this game. But if you think Florida is pulling you know, this type of offense on SEC teams, you're on crack. Uh, late Saturday ads uh, with Air Force and Arizona hit. Air Force line didn't come out until Saturday morning. They are playing um, D1 AA team, Northern Iowa. Um, but it was only 14 points, and Air Force was returning their starting quarterback and uh, running back from last year. And, you know, this is an option team. And they were actually – they were all right last year. They're still getting used to things. But Northern Iowa doesn't see teams like this. I mean, this is a Mountain West team, you know, it's respectable. Like, it's good for... It's a lot better than D1 AA teams, but Northern Iowa, I didn't think, would be able to hang with them, and, you know, we were right on that play. Arizona went in as a six-point underdogs versus San Diego State. First time playing in San Diego State's new stadium, and uh, they pulled out the outright win as the dogs. Brady Hoke went with starter Burmeister for uh, San Diego State, transfer from Virginia Tech. I knew it was going to take them some time to get used to this. I mean, they, newcomer with the new style of offense that uh, San Diego State usually plays, it's never easy you know, to get going at first. It's going to take some time. But uh, Zona, Arizona dominated passing and running game. Delora, quarterback transfer from Washington State, came in, 
and he is talented, but he, you know, he threw for 300 yards with four TDs and one interception while the rushing attack ran for 160 yards. So, you know, they controlled that game. They dominated. They deserved that win. Um, so also, last one, you know, we hit that uh, Oregon State versus Boise State under. Oregon State jumped out to a 24-0 lead in the first half and total reached 51 overall, but we catched that. Oregon State ran for almost 200 yards, and this offensive line will be something to keep an eye on for the rest of the season, along with his good defensive performance. Boise State quarterback Bachmeyer pulled mid-game for having an awful performance, and now quarterback trans- controversy will loom. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll talk as they play next Friday versus New Mexico and do have my eye on this game. Eh, you know, the line is like 17. But, you know, heading into this Friday night games, there's not much. It's literally Louisville versus UCF and then uh, Boise at New Mexico. You know, nothing stands out. I'm I'm kind of just not probably going to play this. We'll see what happens. But uh, Boise State needs a win. We don't know who the quarterback is. I'm honestly surprised Bachmeyer got pulled. He's actually kind of good. But uh, we'll stay away from the Friday night games. Unfortunately, I can't give it out. And I don't want to give you guys out a shitty play and then, you know, we lose. So we'll move to the Saturday slate. And, you know, we got a few plays here. So listen in. You know, I'll go. These are uh, short little uh, monologues for these games. So it'll be short and sweet for you guys. But uh, at 12 p.m., uh, Wake Forest taking on Vanderbilt. Minus 12 and a half over under 66. Now, this line opened up minus 7 in favor of Wake Forest, and I thought that was the most ridiculous line I've ever seen, so I took it on Sunday. Then it shot up to minus 13. As news came out, Hartman was cleared to play this week, and now at twelve and a half. Now it's at 12.5. I still kind of like Wake here, even though I already have it at minus 7. Don't think anyone is buying this down to that, obviously, but do expect Wake to take over in there with Hartman and score relentlessly, as his Vandy team is 2-0, but... Coming off a struggling game against Division One AA Elon, and Wake usually beats their shit out of teams too. Like they they're relentless. They 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 pass the ball. They'll score points. Yeah, and this is Hartman's first game back, so we want to see how he does. But Vanderbilt is just so awful and struggled even a little bit with Hawaii in the first half. And Hawaii is terrible. Um, I just can't see Vanderbilt stopping this offense. I'm going Wake Forest again, minus twelve and a half for one unit um next marquee game is going to be alabama heading to the university of texas in austin texas bama coming in as minus 20 point favorites over under 65 and a half big marquee matchup game texas about to get a taste of what's to come in the sec quinn ewers comes into second game starting quarterback for the longhorns coming off an okay game against the University of Louisiana, Monroe. Don't really have to do much against a team like that, but Texas Texas sure does have their hands full this week. I would lean Bama as they, they look just as good as ever. I mean, Utah State is like an actually okay team, and they couldn't do shit against Bama. 55 to nothing was a score with three of their quarterbacks throwing for a combined 57 yards. I mean, Bonner for Utah State is... It's actually kind of good. He's not as good as yours, I don't think, but still decent enough where you could actually do something against the team, but he didn't do anything. Um, but I'm going to stay away. As this is, is in Austin, crowd will be rocking, maybe get lucky with a late cover, but wouldn't even think of taking Texas in this matchup. Big 12 is down. SEC is up again. Not messing around with this one. But a uh, quick note, though, if you ever have a chance to get down to Austin, 
City's great, a lot of fun. Hit Rainy Street, awesome bars. Sixth Street a little overrated, but Rainy Street, a lot of bar hopping, uh, outdoor bars, you know, it's a good time. But uh, moving on to the next game, UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio, at Army, UTSA minus 2.5, over under 54.5. UTSA coming off a triple overtime loss to Houston, and it was an absolute battle. Now they travel West Point to take on the Cadets, and I like UTSA in this spot. Uh, This team was top 15 in the country, and the rushing yards are loud per game in 2021. And we all know that's exactly what Army wants to do. Army comes in with a new quarterback, lose their starting quarterback, Christian Anderson, from a year ago. This team even struggled with Coastal Carolina on rushing defense and passing defense. You know, they just got smoked. And UTSA returns uh, starting quarterback Harris and their top three wide receivers from last year, who are all seniors. Uh, I have to take the Roadrunners here. I mean, I was high on them last year. You know, they lost their uh, running back, McCormick, who was really good to the pros. But, you know, both these teams are coming in 0-1-2. And I can't see UTSA. This team is good going 0-2. And, you know, you're looking at minus 2.5. I think, you know, you'll chalk that up as a win most times. So we'll take the points with that. Give me the Roadrunners for 2.5 for two units. Uh, you know, I just betrayed the country, man. I'm going against the cadets. Sad. Uh, moving on to the next game, Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Tennessee coming in minus six, over under six and a half. I think this line moved to half a point. I think it was Tennessee minus six and a half, but Pittsburgh's coming off a win in the backyard brawl against uh, West Virginia. And it was a close one and even thought they should have lost the game. I mean, Slovich just looks the same, holds on to the ball too long and just waits to get sacked. I can't stand that shit. Just throw the fucking thing away if a wide receiver isn't open. Obviously, there are times when they can't do that and they're going to get sacked, but Slovis did not look good at times. It, it was honestly frustrating to watch him. It's just going back to the USC days, and uh, it's it's just a little bad news for me. It's a red flag. And going against Tennessee's defense will be tough. I mean, you're going against an SEC defense. I mean, they put up some points against them, but that's against good offenses, and I don't think Pittsburgh has a good offense. But they do lose a few guys from their secondary, but also return a lot of upperclassmen and will look to stop this pit offense. I mean, this team could barely run against West Virginia, and it's not happening against Tennessee and not in the air either. Pitt can't defend against the run, and Hooker will look to scramble, and they also return leading rusher from 2021, Jabari Small, and also have Jalen Wright splitting carries. This Vols offense was number 11 in rushing yards in 2021 and pretty much returned all their weapons. I'm going Tennessee here for two units, minus six. Oh, Rocky Top, you'll always be home, sweet home to me. Oh, oh, Rocky Top. Hey, let's fucking go, baby. Vols, minus two and a half. Virginia at Illinois. Illinois coming in minus four and a half, over under 57 and a half. Now, if you've been following me, you know I've been following Illinois during their first two games, and last week's loss was terrible for the Illini. Absolutely controlled that game, should have won. You know, you heard about it in the recap. Now they take on the Virginia Cavaliers and Brennan Armstrong, who put up some great numbers a season ago, threw for 4,500 yards with 31 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Now, Virginia doesn't have much of a defense and is usually an offensive battle each game, but I can't see this Illini offense keeping up with Virginia. 
Virginia ranked second in passing yards per game last season. Uh, Illinois will have to run the ball with Chase Brown at will and control the game to keep the ball out of Armstrong's hands if they're looking to win this game. But Virginia returns their two top wide receivers and will expect I, I just expect so much production out of the pass game from this. Um, uh, Loser return a few guys on defense, but this defense was hard, hot garbage a year ago, so it doesn't really matter. They're probably going to suck again. Um, and they still beat Illinois in 2021 handily. But I'm going Virginia Tech. Or I'm sorry, Virginia, University of Virginia, Wahoo Wah, plus four and a half for one unit. Sprinkle a little on the money line for the boys and let's ride. Kentucky at Florida in the swamp. Florida coming in minus six over under 52 and a half. Now, this line has been increasing since the open at four and a half in favor of Florida. And it's just keeping it's it's increasing. And I'm honestly surprised. I'm I'm wondering if people are hammering Florida, but you know, Anthony Richardson is good quarterback for uh, Florida, very athletic, but this team is looking to constantly run the ball. Ran for almost 300 yards against Utah, and I'm sure they'll put up a good amount against Kentucky, but nothing like that. We're talking about real defenses now. Kentucky held this Florida team to just 13 points last season. They could stop the run and kill the Gators in the red zone a year ago. Uh, I'm expecting Kentucky to keep this one close and cover the six points. I mean, the Gators aren't a letdown spot here. Coming off a huge win against Utah at home, you know, it was honestly a great football game. Best of probably the best one from week one. Uh, this defense does lose Josh uh, Pascal, defensive end to the NFL for Kentucky, but they do return a lot of key guys on their front seven and their secondary who could tackle. And that's going to be the name of the game since that's all Florida's going to be looking to do. But um, they just need to limit Florida's big runs on their offense. I expect a good game here. But I like Kentucky in this spot, and this defense is to stop Florida's offense. Give me the Wildcats for one unit. Eating that ass, going to town. <laughs> Arizona State at Oklahoma State in Bedlam. Oklahoma State coming in minus 11.5, over under 58. Arizona State coming off a nice victory against shitty Northern Arizona with their new quarterback, Emory Jones, transferred from Florida. And this team is looking to run the ball, too, um, against Oklahoma State. And they come in as the fourth best running defense in the country from last season. Oklahoma State, that is. Now they do lose a couple linebackers and defensive backs, but this entire defensive line returns, and it's going to be good. I just don't see Arizona State scoring a lot on these guys. Spencer Sanders returns as quarterback, but loses his top rusher and wide receiver, which might hurt uh, Oklahoma State in conference play, but this Arizona State team is not good this year. I mean, you do have Herm Edwards, who could lead a defense and get guys to the next level, but they lose a lot to the transfer portal and to the NFL from a year ago. I can't, I, I don't see them competing with one of the top teams in the country. You know, and I was high on the Cowboys preseason. I think they're going to be good again. You know, I'm going with the Cowboys, minus 11 here. By that half a point, bring it to 11 uh, for one unit. Boston College at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech coming in minus two and a half, over under 46. Expecting a low scoring game according to the over under, but uh, both teams coming off some brutal losses in games which they were favored. Rutgers shut down the game, the run game against uh, BC, uh, held Jerkovic at bay. I mean, honestly, I thought BC was going to kick the shit out of Rutgers, but Rutgers did look good. Give them credit. Now, I don't 
No, I obviously just don't know if it's a testament to Rutgers' defense or if BC's offense is bad, but I'm high on BC. I think they're sneaky good. Last year, they ranked fourth in passing yards allowed in 2021 and don't lose much in the secondary, and their D-line is good too. Virginia Tech, I think, is still a year away from what they're looking for. A lot of new guys in key roles this year still getting the feel for each other. I'm keeping BC heads. I'm thinking BC heads into Blacksburg and keeps it close. Enter Sandman will be cool to see again, especially playing a night game like this. But my pick is Boston College. You know I'm buying that half a point. Make it plus three. Make it a football number. And this will be for one unit. Going in BC plus three, one unit. Head into late night games. 10-15, Baylor at BYU in Provo, Utah. BYU minus three over under 53 and a half. The Super Soakers of BYU taking on the Baylor Bears for a great late-night matchup in Utah. Both coming in 1-0, but played scrubs week once, not getting the best looks coming in. BYU returns Jaron Hall, who had a good year last year, taking over for Zach Wilson, and I expect good things from him. Good quarterback, doesn't make many mistakes, but might be with, but might be without his top two wide receivers from a year ago, Romney and Nakua. Both listed as game-time decisions. Um, I would be scared of the over because this is, I think, Baylor's offense is kind of trash, and BYU might be missing some key guys. Uh, if you listen to Barcel Pick'em uh, podcast, this was Big Cat's Game of the Year play. You know, I actually like that podcast. They're pretty funny. But uh, it could turn out to be a disappointment, unfortunately, for him. But we'll see. Uh, Baylor comes in with an inexperienced quarterback as uh Chaz Bohannon left for USF, and sure enough, that's who BYU beat week one. But this team also loses their two top rushers and wide receiver from 2021 in Baylor Bears. You know, I'm just expecting a down year for this team. I get they're ranked top 10 in the country, but that doesn't mean shit at this point in the season. Uh, Baylor's over-under wins on the season was 7.5. I mean, what, what top 10, 10 team has seven wins? you know, expected in a season. I like BYU here in this game, minus three for the Super Soaker Mormons and to get to 2-0 for one unit. Um, last late night game, I mean, there's a couple late night games that look pretty good, but uh, Oregon State at Fresno State. Uh, Oregon State's coming in minus one, over under 61.5. Now, I think this is going to be a play later in Saturday. I don't know yet. But uh Oregon State, I mean, my heart wants Oregon State, my gut wants Fresno State, so it's I'm a little conflicted here. I mean Fresno State has Hayner. He's pretty he's pretty good, man. He can sling the ball. Oregon State scares me sometimes with the secondary, but they did knock out Bachmeyer and absolutely shut this Boise State team down. I wasn't really expecting it like that. But they look good against them. Um I think it's just something I need to look more into because I think uh, Fresno State was also has a good run defense, you know. But this offensive line is stacked for uh, Oregon State. It's kind of it's kind of the best of both worlds. I mean, that's why the line is minus one. And, you know, it was going back and forth with a pick'em. You know, I could see it going either way right now. I I gotta look more into it, see what uh see what's going on. But uh, I'll post that on Twitter at cmets11. Um, for you guys, if it is going to be a play. It's also uh, Mississippi State at Arizona. Mississippi State coming in as 10.5-point favorites, but uh, 
I'm going to stay away from this one, too. Delora did look good. So did Mississippi State. I mean, they threw the ball like crazy last week. And they're usually pretty good with Will Rogers. But uh, I'll stay away. You know, mad scientist and all. You never know what the hell they're going to do over there with his offense. But I'm going to stay away from that one for now. But if anything's added, obviously tune into the Twitter on Saturday. Get the picks. But, uh, you know, that's going to do it for me for week number two. These weeks go will go by fast. But honestly, I enjoy every single moment with it with you guys. Take it all in. Enjoy it yourselves. Um, but to recap, picks are Wake Forest minus 12.5 for one unit. UTSA minus 2.5, two, two units. Tennessee Volunteers minus 6, two units. Virginia Wahoo Wah plus four and a half one unit, Kentucky Wildcats plus six one unit, Oklahoma State Cowboys minus eleven one unit, Boston College plus plus two and a half one unit, and then BYU Soakers minus three one unit. Uh, that'll do it. Tune into um, Saturday for the Twitter picks. I'll post them up. Hopefully, um, I'm actually going to be in Vegas this weekend, so. Uh, Hopefully I'll wake up in time for Saturday. Probably put in my bets Friday or something like that over there. But uh, if anybody's over there, hit me up on Twitter. Say hello. At uh, CMeds11. Like, follow, subscribe, download, whatever you got to do to help me out. Really appreciate the listens. And uh, hopefully you have a good weekend. All right. Tune in next week, guys. We'll, uh, we'll see you then. Let's have a good week. Thanks.